The LA Clippers would bounce back from their loss against the Minnesota Timberwolves with a win against the second place Oklahoma City Thunder. Paul George took over the game in the fourth quarter, brought the Clippers home. Evita Zubats out for four weeks. How were the Clippers able to overcome his absence in the Thunder win? And how will they overcome his absence in the coming weeks? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Bounce Back Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in LA and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and LA sports content and Locked On Clippers free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. I want you to let me know if you think that was the best performance of Paul George's season. He surpassed his season high of 37 against the Memphis Grizzlies just last week with this 38-point performance against his former team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. No trade graphics on Twitter tonight. And before we talk about this game, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Place your bets for the Clippers to win the whole thing, the big shebang, the NBA championship on FanDuel. All you got to do is visit all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash on and place your bets. In this episode, we're going to start out with talking about the man who brought the Clippers home, Paul George. Now, this game was going to be a little bit tougher than expected. No Evitsa Zubats. And he will be reevaluated in four weeks with that calf injury. And let me just say this. We're going to talk more about how the Clippers can overcome the absence of Zoo on the Thursday show. But let's just say the very obvious answer is we need Mason Plumley and Daniel Tice to step up in his absence, and you're going to need that much more from our star players, from our big three or big four, whatever you think it is, and Norman Powell. Basically, everybody needs to step up. They need to step up defensively and on the glass more than anything, and Daniel Tice and Mason Plumley are the first two that need to. Now, in this game... I mean, the Clippers led for the majority of it. The Thunder made a little push in the fourth quarter and took a one-point lead, but Paul George was absolutely electric in the fourth quarter. He surpassed his season high with 38 points, seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, and my favorite stat of the night, zero turnovers. That is absolutely massive for PG to have such an efficient game, such a High-volume shooting game with 24 shot attempts, and he doesn't turn the ball over not one time. The Clippers only turn the ball over 10 times. We will take that all day long. But PG, he did most of his work in the fourth quarter. He was closer P in this one. Not just podcast P, closer P. He had 18 points in the fourth 
on seven for nine shooting, three for five from deep. It started with a beautiful step back jump shot in the left corner, and then he had a little and one. By the way, PG with the back cut? How about that? PG with the back cut, and it's funny because we're starting to see the rare back cut, as he said on Podcast P, that he doesn't like doing it, doesn't think he's good at it. A little bit less rare. And remember, it was the 360 dunk that was on a back cut against the Thunder last time. He had that nice back cut in this one. Mason Plumlee found him for it, for the bucket. And then he had a catch and shoot three from the right wing. And then, of course, the steal and reverse dunk. But the crossover in three also against Lou Dort in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was putting on an absolute clinic. And we all know when Paul George is playing at that high a level and he's in his bag like that with that kind of confidence, he is untouchable. And on defense, he was doing really well too. And the highlight of the game for me, the steal late in the game on SGA, which led to his reverse dunk to put the Clippers up 126 to 117. It might have been 128 to 117. Yeah, it was. It was 128-117, to 117, and that was the final score. Clippers won it by 11. They outscored the Thunder 35-30 to 30 in the first. The Thunder would outscore the Clips 31-30 in the second. The best quarter for the Clips in terms of point differential was the third with 34-28, to 28, the Clippers winning. And then in the fourth quarter, 29-28. to 28. So the Clippers get the win led by the amazing closing performance from Paul George. They advanced to 26-14 and and are now 17-4 and at home. This was the fifth home game that I missed this season. And let me tell you something. We're 5-0 and in games that I haven't gone to. The Paul George game winner game. The first win against the Denver Nuggets. The blowout against the Kings. This win against the Thunder. And I'm blanking on the fifth one right now. But maybe I should just stop going to games entirely. I'm just kidding. That's not happening. If you believe in those superstitions, then you got to be kidding me. We have a great home record even when I'm at the games. But I'll take the 5-0 and when I'm not there. I mean, it is what it is. 17-4. and And with guys like Paul George, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard playing at an all-star level in which all three of them are right now, it is hard to get a win against the Clippers. Mainly, more than anything, something that shocked me on the broadcast in this game is they said that Paul George and Kawhi only played a total of 38 games last year. 38. We are now at game number 40 that just took place. Kawhi Leonard has played 36. Paul George has played 38. And I'm still knocking. And sadly, we got hit with the injury bug. Although I've only been knocking with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and like the big four. I didn't mention Zubats. But maybe that's my mistake. I just didn't think to mention Zubats because he's been one of the healthiest players for us over the years. But let me tell you this. It's better to be injured now than later. And hopefully Zubats, he has his little first somewhat serious injury of his career right now in January. And he will be fine by March. And then we get him back in rhythm going into April. And then we start our title charge with Big Zoo, who's been playing at an extremely high level. But yeah, speaking of an extremely high level, Paul George. He's just been playing amazing lately. There's no other way to put it. Since Kawhi came back, he's been back on his bully-ish like he was right before the season or right when, right before Harden came. He was looking tough, and he's back to looking like that on both ends of the floor. 38 points is amazing, 18 of those in the fourth quarter, and I just love the diversity in his shots. You know, he's getting a lot more catch and shoot now, and it's very clear that the coaching staff is pushing his three-pointers, like making him shoot more. 
And when he's making them, I have no issue with it. I just don't want it to be like last game against Minnesota where he's shooting himself out of the game with contested jumpers. In this game, I thought he took the right shots and he always had a rhythm from the beginning. And if you have a rhythm from the beginning, I don't discourage those shots. He shot 15 for 24 in this game. 15 for 24. And 6 for 12 from 3. That's amazing. 50% on that volume. But 2 for 4 from the foul line. A very rare free throw shooting game for him and the Clippers. We shot 14 for 23 from the line. 61%. So that's not been like recent times. We've been shooting really well from the line. The Thunder splits. This is what's crazy. But it felt like just watching the game. It felt like neither team could really string together stops. They shot 51% from the field, 47% from three, and 85% from the line. So their shooting splits were amazing all across the board, which makes it even more impressive that the Clippers won the game. But we shot 54%, 46.5% from three. So the Clippers shot amazing as well. 20 for 43 from deep. And coming up, going to be talking more about the performance of the rest of the team, the sequence of the game, how things happened, and the play of our bigs. If it's, I'm sorry, Daniel Tice and Mason Plumley in the absence of Ivica Zubats. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right. So the Clippers winning this one, a nice bounce-back victory after the tough loss against the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, beating the Oklahoma City Thunder, and now are 1-1 one one in the season series with them. The Thunder are now 27-13, and just one game ahead of us, and we are slowly creeping up. Looking at that, not the three seed, but how about that two seed? How about it? And you know one thing that's huge, I've always said this, home court advantage in the second round. We've never had home court advantage in the second round in a season that has been not ruined by COVID, a.k.a. we've never been a second top two seed besides 2020 when we didn't even get to reap the benefits. That would be absolutely massive in our quest to return to the Western Conference Finals for the second time ever to get that top two seed. And of course potentially have home court advantage in a 2-3 matchup versus the Denver Nuggets. Now, what I'm hoping is we get the number one seed for the first time ever, the Nuggets get two or three, and we avoid them till the Battle Royale in the Conference Finals, setting us up for a collision course to try to dethrone the champs and hopefully beat the first two teams. I know what you must be thinking. Oh my God, Darian's talking about the standings right now? Well, let me tell you something. One more game and we're at the halfway point. I'm starting to glance. I'm starting to glance. And we got to thank our hallway neighbors. They also gave the Thunder an L. So the Thunder came to LA and got what I call the double L. And now we're one step closer to surpassing them. And let me tell you how we surpassed them. By beating them. And who do we have to thank for that? 
some of our bigs. Daniel Tice and Mason Plumley. Now, we started with Mason in this game, and I thought he was absolutely incredible. Interesting strategy from Ty Lue to start the game, putting Mason Plumley on Josh Giddy, who was booed with every single touch as he's been as he has been throughout arenas across the league. Now, to start the game, you had PG and Kawhi guarding Chet and J Dub, splitting their time with it. Terrence on SGA, Harden on Dort, and leaving him open a lot, I should say, James Harden. And then Plumley guarding Giddy. Why is that? Because Mason Plumley is not great defending the pick and roll, right? But if he's guarding Josh Giddy, you don't typically see Josh Giddy setting screens. He's their weakest shooter. He's not a roller in any capacity. So he's not really going to set screens. So this way, if Chet's setting the screen for SGA, which is one of the hardest things to guard in the league right now, now you have a Paul George switching on to SGA, and you're fine sending Terrence Mann on to Chet because he's a string bean, and he doesn't really take advantage of size all the time. He's a fantastic player, but he's still lacking in the lower body to take advantage, in the upper body for that matter, to take advantage of smaller guys. He has the potential to be the best defender in the NBA. I mean, he's really, really great for a rookie. But that's the thing about what the Lakers and the Clippers have shown these last two nights is if you have somebody that's guarding Chet that can switch and you have guys in the team that can switch on a Chet, then you may be able to nullify a lot of what they do in terms of SGA getting in the paint and putting your defense in rotation with moving the ball. And I think the Clippers, even though their defense was not very good, I don't think it was schematic. I think they just literally could not stay in front very well. Everyone. If, if, if I had to pick anyone that stood out with pat, bad defense, though, there's really only one, and it's Harden. He had a nice strip at one point, and then he had a very good defensive possession on SGA once or twice. Mainly in the fourth, he created a stop when they attacked him. And then there was one time where he played good D, but he still scored. But overall, I thought his transition defense was bad. I thought he was involved in several miscommunications. His help defense was non-existent. He was getting scored on more than anyone. But here's the thing about James Harden. Offensively, He's always going to bring something 90% of the time, at least. He's going to bring something. And I thought that he had some very solid stretches in this game, starting out pretty well. But that third quarter, I want to say late in the third quarter, you saw Harden in the pick and roll, creating a ton of good shots, whether it be in the double drag or just isolating on guys. Because you know the Thunder, they're going to switch a lot too. And James Harden, I was on blow-by-watch, and that burst is looking better than in the playoffs last year. Blowing by Isaiah Joe. Blowing by a good defender in Jalen Williams. And when he was doing that, you know he can make plays. The second Harden gets by and draws that second defender, he can lob it, he can kick it. He always makes the right pass when he's on the drive. But even though he didn't shoot very well in this game, I think it was a positive game for him. He had 16 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, only 1 turnover, so you love to see that. He had a block, talked about that strip. 5 for 14 from the field, 4 for 10 from 3. So he's actually only 1 for 5 from 2, but shot 40% from 3. So you'll take that, only 2 free throw attempts, but played 41 minutes. So he really played a lot. And he did actually share the court with Russell Westbrook in this game. But yeah, just to say, James Harden, I thought he played well despite the shooting. He was dribbling a little bit more in this one, isoing a little bit more because, of course, they're trying to switch everything. And the shot wasn't totally falling, but the fact that the Clippers still won and he created a lot of good shots, even when his shot wasn't really falling, you'll take that all day. Russell Westbrook, I thought he gave us 
A little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Mostly good, though. I liked in the second half how he was getting to the rim. He got an and one, and his defense on SGA felt personal. It felt like, let me show you who the best Thunder point guard in the history of the franchise is right now, brother. And I loved how aggressive he was getting, getting into his airspace, contesting really well. And I liked his aggression on the offensive end. I just didn't like the threes. He was 0 for 2, and he still proceeded to shoot the third. You know what I say about Russ? If he hasn't made one of those first two, don't shoot the third. 11 points, though, for him. Two rebounds, four assists, one steal. He ended the game on the bench, but he did play a decent amount of minutes with James Harden. There was one stretch where we had the big four in, but it didn't last very long, so I'm not even going to comment on it. But Russ shot 50% from the field, four for eight. He was 0 for 3 from deep in 22 minutes. But to go back to the bigs, you know, James Harden definitely helps them. Russell Westbrook the same. Obviously, James Harden's playing a lot more. Westbrook only played 22 minutes, but he was our leading minute getter off the bench, which you haven't seen lately. It's always Norman Powell. Norm actually only played 19 minutes in this game because he actually had an off night. Eight points on two for 10 shooting and two for seven from three and two for four from the line. So Norm just had a rough one, but here's the thing. If he had a rough one and we still won, uh, the next game against the Nets, they better be ready. Because Norman Powell, he might be on a heater. He might be on a scorcher. So, by the way, the Clippers get several days off. We don't play on Wednesday. We don't play on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Four days off before Sunday, and that is absolutely much needed. But let me tell you this. Even though I thought the Clippers struggled defensively, and a lot of that's zoo, like someone gets blown by, you don't have that same rim protection. Mason Plumley, I thought he had some really good moments of rim protection. He had three blocks from my count in this game. Yep, three blocks. He was putting shots back up and in. He was in the right place at the right time when guys were driving to the basket. Had some nice link-ups with James Harden. He dove to save a loose ball one time by the scores table. I mean, he was just fantastic in my opinion. And it's great to see how we have this kind of depth. Three playable centers, which is going to be huge in a potential matchup against the Denver Nuggets and also possibly the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mason Plumley, 14 points, five rebounds, two assists, three blocks, no turnovers on a perfect, and you saw this a lot last season when Mason was playing, 100% from the field, five for five. Four for seven from the foul line, but in 28 minutes, I'll take that production all day. He was a plus 13, and the eye test matches it. And how about Daniel Tice? Tice, Tice, baby. Din, 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 din. He was absolutely fantastic contesting everything at the rim offensive rebounds five of them by the way five offensive rebounds eight overall nobody had more rebounds in this game than daniel tice and he only played 20 minutes nine points eight rebounds he had a corner three three blocks so by the way no zubats six blocks between our two centers three apiece how about that Daniel Tice, 9 points, 8 rebounds. Is he even to Zubats? No. But there was one possession where he switched on to Jalen Williams, stayed in front of him, and caused a turnover. And I was like, man, none of our other bigs can do that. Jalen Williams, his stat line kind of lies to you, let me tell you. He, had, he was 10 for 14, 25 points. He made some shots in the fourth. But we did a good job on him. There were times where he couldn't even get a good shot off. He had four turnovers, and I thought everybody took their crack at him. The fact that we were comfortable conceding the James Harden switch onto him, because the Clippers were switching a lot, as we always do, and James Harden was kind of holding his own a couple times in the fourth quarter, I was fairly impressed with that. And everybody just took a crack at him, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and they did okay. 
But yeah, we were switching all sorts of pick and rolls. Like, think if you're watching the game and you ever see Terrence Mann or Paul George guarding the ball and Kawhi's man is setting a screen for them, they're going to switch that every time because it's wing to wing. There's no issue. Anybody that Kawhi's guarding, very likely you'll let Terrence Mann or Paul George guard as well. As far as the Thunders matchups, I thought that was kind of interesting. They had Lou Dort guarding Harden, SGA on Paul George, Giddy on Terrence, J-Dub on Kawhi, and Chet on Plumlee to start the game. And it was just interesting how, like, the Clippers just got off to a great start right away shooting the ball. Like, it was from the beginning. Kawhi was making his three to start the game, even though he was fairly quiet. I know I haven't, I've barely mentioned Kawhi 20 minutes, in, 20 minutes into this episode, but I'll talk about him more coming up. Today's episode of Locked on Clippers is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves. You know, New Year's resolution, New Year, New Me, you know how the saying goes. But what if you just aren't expanding what you're already doing right? Maybe you have finally figured something out of your life, but you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too and add something to it. Well, therapy can help you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that actually stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just got, all you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists anytime for no additional charge if you feel like that, that therapist is not the one for you. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Clippers, championship, place your bets right now. The odds are only going to get better. The the app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays, parlays in the parlay hub, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Clippers winning this one, 128 to 117, advanced to 26 and 14 on the season, an amazing 17 and 4 at home. I thought that the job that the Clippers did on SGA throughout this game was really good. SGA, of course, looks a little bit, you know, not himself. He was questionable to play in both this game and the Laker game. And I thought we did a good job on him, but he can be better. I know that. But I'll take it. You know, 19 points for him in this game, way under his average of 31. And he shot 6 for 16 and 0 for 3 from deep and 7 for 8 from the line. So the fact that we didn't even let him shoot his 10 free throws is very good. Kawhi Leonard, he was pretty quiet in this game. It was crazy. He barely shot 10 shots. 6 for 10 from the field, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. But how about late in the game? Guarding SGA one-on-one and blocking him, smacking his shot against the backboard. You gotta love it. Kawhi Leonard showing that when you let him guard at the end of games, he can still perform and be elite. 
So it's amazing that we have the luxury now with this super team that Kawhi can shoot 10 shots. We still win because Harden's having a solid game. Westbrook's in double figures and Paul George is on a heater. And just watching Paul George like that, it's just amazing. But yeah, as far as the Thunder matchups, as I mentioned a little while ago, Dort was on Harden to start the game, SGA on Paul George, Giddy on Terrence Mann, who was giving him the work, by the way. Terrence had a very solid game. Offensive rebounds, I think he set the tone early in the first quarter. He had seven points, three rebounds, four assists, two blocks. His defense was really good. There was one time where he stopped a fast break by guarding two guys at once in the corner. Just a very solid all-around performance from T. He didn't really play that much, though, just 24 minutes. But he shot 50% from the field and from three. Three for six from the field and one for two from three. You love to see Terrence, man, knocking down that three ball because I need that percentage to slowly go up. Slowly go up. But in the first quarter, Clippers had Kawhi Leonard play the whole quarter and they shot 60% from the field, 12 for 20, five for nine from three. And I'll tell you someone who I thought played really well in this game, and that was Amir Coffey. The brewmaster came in and he instantly got going, a little corner three from a PG pass, and then he switched on a Chet Holmgren on defense and forced an offensive foul. I thought... He was solid. And in the second quarter, it wasn't just coffee. I think I mentioned it earlier, but James Harden started to get going. That's where two of his threes came in that second quarter. Um, but yeah, 12 threes in the first half for the Clippers. The Brewmaster actually had another three in that second quarter to beat the clock with about four seconds left. And then as I said, in the third quarter, we really got hot. That was our best quarter. We shot... 67% in that one and five for 10 from three. And it was Paul George leading the way. The guy had 28 points in the second half. He was stellar. Kawhi Leonard played the whole third. He had four points, only shot four times. So it wasn't really the Kawhi game, but we've had plenty of Kawhi games recently. By the way, Terrence Mann's block on Chet Holmgren, that was amazing. As I mentioned, Mason Plumlee also doing a good job protecting the rim. But yeah, OKC was also really hitting in, uh, in the third and fourth. Like Lou Dort could not miss his threes in this game. He just couldn't. Let's see what he ended up shooting in this game. Five for eight from three. I also think though Harden, I know it might have been part of the game plan to leave Lou Dort open and not contest his shots, but he's shooting 42.5% from three this year. So like he's clearly put in some work. At times Harden just didn't even contest. And I thought that was a little bit uh, annoying. But it ended up being okay in the end, thankfully. I mentioned Russ's good defense on SGA. He had a nice putback dunk as well. But yeah, I like how the Clippers withstood the push and finished off. And I'll tell you one thing. They have, they're starting to build characteristics of great teams. What does that mean? Good health. You can't build great habits without good health to your best players. That's something the Clippers have really lacked in the 2-1-3 era. And now you're starting to see it. When Paul George and Kawhi are on the court consistently, now they're starting to get into a rhythm themselves. They're starting to get into a rhythm with their teammates. Especially when you make a trade of the magnitude the Clippers did, you need them to get reps with each other on both ends of the floor, to trust each other on defense. You know, know whose voice you're hearing. Know what coverages you're in with each guy getting put in the action. Stuff like that. Where guys like the ball thrown in the post. You know, these little things, you need your guys to be healthy for it. But also, a sense of pride when you lose a game to bounce back. You saw it against the New Orleans Pelicans when we lost to them. We came back and beat Dallas on that back-to-back. -back. 
You see it in a game like this after losing to Minnesota, come back and make a statement. You lose to the Lakers, you win three games in a row. That's what a great team looks like. I always say great teams don't lose two games in a row like that unless you play really good teams. Well, it's been a while since we've lost two games in a row. And it was without Kawhi and against two really good teams. And I'm, I'm, not even gonna, I'm not even going to say that that qualifies for my thing because we didn't have Kawhi. That matters. And we're not a great team without Kawhi. We're just a good team. So we haven't even looked good without him, to be honest, this year. Actually, yes, we have. We, we still won some games. But yeah, building good habits, guys. Building good habits. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Let me know what you thought of Paul George. Was this his best game of the season? It might have been. That fourth, that was the be- his best quarter of the season. His best stretch, no doubt. And by the way, I wasn't at the game, but the crowd sounded great on TV. So good job, guys. Clipper Nation. Let me know what you think of the episode. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and LA sports content. Going to have a special guest, somebody very familiar to you if you're a Clipper fan, on Thursday's episode to talk about if this is the best Clipper team of all time, how the Clippers are going to combat the Vitsa Zubats injury for the next couple of weeks because he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. He's not necessarily even back in four weeks. And... The Clippers getting to host All-Star Weekend. Not LA, the Clippers in particular. We're going to be talking all about all that with my special guest on the Thursday show. Until then, the age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.